Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. Hey everybody, welcome in to Stacking the Box. I am Matt Verderam. We will have Carm here momentarily, assuming his internet starts to work. Um, but right now, with all due respect to Carm, I don't need Carm right now. Um, it's look, messed up. So oh, messed up. Look at, look at you. I was just about to trash the hell out of you. Two um, minute, two minutes of internet trouble and just, just diss to the uh, throne oh, of the wolves by I you. Gonna, I was going to crush you for fun. Um, I was going to entertain the people. Uh, no, so no, keep keep going. Let, let me follow your lead, Vertoram. I want okay. I want to listen to you, so buddy. The reason the reason I didn't need you for the first few minutes is I was trying to buy you a little bit of internet time. Was uh, I wrote a piece that went up today on Fanside.com uh, Tuesday morning for those listening later on, and it was a piece that was months in the making, uh, entitled uh, "The Long Road." The long road. Uh, black quarterbacks and their struggles in the NFL. And I had the privilege of talking to James Harris, Warren Moon, Doug Williams. Uh, I reached out to Marlon Briscoe throughout the writing of this piece. Unfortunately, tragically, he passed away uh, while the story was being written. Um, but, you know, I've written a lot of features in my in my young career. I've written stuff. I've even written stuff outside the NFL. I've written stuff, baseball features. I've written a lot of different things. Um, this one ranks right at the top in terms of pieces. I felt an internal pressure to get right. Uh, you know, look, I wrote when I was at SB nation years ago, the first feature I ever wrote was about Pat Tillman's foundation. And I spoke to veterans and I spoke to, uh, Pat Tillman's widow, Marie. Certainly there was a lot of pressure on, on that one as well, but this, this was, uh, both a joy to write because it's such an important story to tell, but also there is a pressure in that when people share their pain with you, they share also their triumphs with you. But they share their pain. They share a journey that um, was delayed and in some cases denied. And it really was something uh, I truly enjoyed writing. I will tell you up front, it is 6,500 words. It is a long read. It's going to take you more than five minutes to read it. But um there are large sections on Shaq Harris, on Warren Moon, on Marlon Briscoe, through the eyes of Warren Moon and James Harris. James Harris roomed with Marlon Briscoe for years in Buffalo. Um, I would hope, if you listen to this and you enjoy uh, Carm and I speaking every week, I would hope that maybe you check out Fansided or my Twitter account and go and read that feature. It took months to write, and I hope people enjoy it. Well, I think what's interesting about it is that it still plays out today, right? I mean, I um, I went down the road on this, and we had ended up not putting the piece out there, but I went down the road on uh, the biased pick that I looked at. Uh, and I think it's just a it's an unconscious bias. But when you look at the 2017 draft and Trubisky being taken over both Mahomes and Watson, I thought that was a very much – 
old school NFL way of looking at things. Like they, that dude looks more like a quarterback historically than these two. Um, and when you go back in time and do the research and you talk to, I, I can't wait to read this for I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Warren Moon, he had to go to the CFL to prove that he could be a quarterback. Five years. Five, not, right. Five years. Uh, Five years. Look, I, and that's that is a Hall of Fame, beautiful throwing motion, incredibly professional quarterback. Yes, I mean, so I actually, um, it's kind of what the appetite. And I'm not going to sit here and, and and go way down the road here, but so Moon, for those who are unaware, remains the only black quarterback to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's the only one. Um, now that is not maybe shocking considering that black quarterbacks really did not have any opportunity beyond a guy here or a guy there pretty much until the 90s. I mean, if you go and look, like in 1983, there were no black quarterbacks starting in the NFL. Starting, okay. The Bears okay. had Vince Evans. I, I'm just so Vince Evans ended head. up going to the USFL. Right? Okay. And then in 1984, there were only two black quarterbacks in the whole league, starting or otherwise. Warren Moon and his backup, Brian Ransom. The only because at that point Evans is in the USFL, Doug Williams is in the USFL. These guys didn't get the opportunity. Um, but you know, one of the quotes that really stuck with me was uh, I was talking to Warren Moon and he said, "Quote: Every year we go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and we have different group pictures. We have a picture with the quarterbacks, and it's usually fourteen or fifteen guys who come back, and I'm always the token one." right there in the middle. I'm hoping one day to have someone in there who is of my same skin color. Not that I'm complaining about it because the guys who are in there are all great guys and I love being with them, but I'd love to have another African-American quarterback in there because I think there are some other guys who deserve to be there. Um, and you know, that's one of many, I mean, Warren was amazing for this piece. I talked to him for a very lengthy amount of time. Same thing with Shaq Harris. Uh, I talked to Doug Williams, who was in the middle of traveling when I talked to him, and he was so gracious. Um, you know, obviously his Super Bowl win, Super Bowl twenty two, is a big part of that piece and a big part of, of not only black quarterback history, but history. History in the NFL, history societal, uh, society-wise. Um, I mean, how important do these, do these men feel that this story is? And Doug Williams, in, 19, in January of 1988, he – was uh, in the Super Bowl for Washington. He'd been a backup most of the year, started in the playoffs, started at the end of the regular season, got the nod, kept the nod over, over Jay Schrader. So he's starting this game. And James Harris, who's been retired for about a decade at this point, makes the trip. He's in the stands in San Diego. Coach Eddie Robinson, who's the famed coach from Grambling, who is the head coach for both James Harris and Doug Williams, is in the stands with, with Shaq Harris. Warren Moon, who is a, a Pro Bowl player at this point, is in the stands. He was not in a box. He was not up hidden away. He was in the stands at Jack Murphy Stadium watching the game. I mean, that's that's how much it all you know, that moment meant for all these guys. They, they were they weren't up in some luxury box. Having, they were in the stands at Jack Murphy Stadium at Super Bowl 22 to get in there and watch that game. Um, and look, I'll let you read the story if you want to know what their emotions were like during it because they had very different emotions. But it, it was a story that I thought I knew a lot about going into. And I, I learned so much through interviews and talking with these men. And again, look, I, I think anybody who's a football fan, um, Anybody who's a fan of progress in life, of people overcoming obstacles, in, in this case, very unfair obstacles, I think would really enjoy reading this. And, and I hope they take the time to do so. I can't wait to read it. Congrats on writing it. Um, I'm super jealous that you got to have these conversations with these guys. That's awesome. Um, and I'm just thinking about, you know, when we've had Tim Brown I, I, on Stack in the Box and he talked about, being on the Raiders when Art Shell got an opportunity to be the first black head coach in the league and right. how much it how much it meant to the players on that team that that team with Art as the coach 
would be successful, that Archell could not fail. That was not an option. You can't will things into existence, but just listening to, you know, hey, man, this is a chance for Art, but it's a chance for all of us. We're going to make this a go. Right. Um, as I, I just, I, I, there's a lot of history. It's not just the quarterback position in the NFL is my point. No, I, the quarterback position certainly has been uh, one of the sacred cows in the league because of how important it is and be how visible it is. Of course, but, yeah. Um, you're right. You're right. I mean, uh, you know, Art Shell, you, you, you know, Hall of Fame tackle who was a, a barrier breaker in many ways. But one of the themes in talking about, to Warren Moon and to James Harris and to Doug Williams through the story is like they felt the constant pressure. You had to be perfect. Did be perfect. Like one other little anecdote I'll, I'll share about this story. Uh, oh, two actually. I'll give two, and then we can move on. Um, Doug Williams won the Super Bowl for the for the Washington Redskins in the nineteen eighty seven season. He played. He started twelve more games before he retired. They just immediately moved on. <laughs> that was it. That was it. He won the Super Bowl. He had one of the greatest Super Bowl performances of all time, and. That's it. It wasn't like he was old. You know, I mean, he was in his he was in his early 30s. I mean, he wasn't – I'm not making it out like he was 24 years old, but he was – he still had a lot of football left in him. That's it. But he started 12 more games after they won the Super Bowl. That was the end. Um, you know, and Warren Moon, when I talked to him, you know, we talked about, you know, in the 80s, uh, you know, did you deal with a lot of racism within the league, stuff like that? And the one thing he pointed out was it was harder for him on – on home games than it was on road games because he said, my family was just subjected to so much abuse. If, if I didn't play well, if we weren't winning, like it's again, I thought I knew a lot about the subject of black quarterbacks in the NFL because I pride myself on being a historian of the game and understanding what went on in the game. And when you talk to these men, you realize that you have no idea. Like you really don't, you may understand the general basic tenets of the of the situation, but you don't understand it until Warren Moon tells you that his, his young son comes in the locker room crying after a game because you can't understand why fans are so mean to his dad at the Astrodome. Like, you can't understand it until you understand why Marlon Briscoe, for years after he retired, dealt with substance abuse and, and was in and out of jail and watched Doug Williams' Super Bowl from prison. Like, you understand, I mean, it, talking to these men, and I wish I had gotten the chance to talk to Marlon, um, obviously, before he passed of heart failure. It's just such an impactful story. For me to write it, I would hope for people to read it. And obviously, look, we have plenty to get to today on the show. Just wanted to throw yeah. it out there. I know we have a lot of people who listen. I appreciate their support. And I was hoping that maybe, you know what, if you are you got some time tonight, tomorrow, next week, sit down and give it a read. I think I think people will really enjoy it. Well, congrats again on it and uh, looking forward to it. And I do think, and I'd like to throw this out to the chat. Good to see you, Cheeto Freight. Good to see you, Jalen Butler. Should we not have a Verderam history of the NFL segment on the show each week? And maybe like, or it's, as I do a production meeting on the show, maybe it's me picking out some rando thing and just quizzing you on what you know about said game. Something really you, like you can do that if you would like to. I would not be intimidated by that. You don't need to give me maybe, any forewarning. Just do it. Maybe the, okay. I think that's the plan. I'm gonna start picking out rando old school games and see how many odd facts you can pull out of out of this game. Because you're, I was thinking about you the other day, and um, don't be alarmed. But I was okay, so you, a bit, bit worried. Well, and I, I was like, you're, you're kind of football rain man. You, you're, you're, you're rain man football, dude. You are, I, you, you are my, uh, Charlie Babbitt in, uh, in, in the football world, buddy. My, that's a, that's a compliment. I appreciate it. My NFL knowledge comes from a love of the game dating back to when I was four. I mean, you can ask, you ever meet my mother, you can ask her. I did not watch a lot of Sesame Street. I did not. I, I watched. I watched NFL films like that as a kid. Like I, lo- I learned. I literally learned how to count by watching football. Like that was. I mean, so I just. I've always loved football. It's always been. I always loved old school football, and uh, I don't know. 
it just became a thirst and uh, became a knowledge and became the, the freak show that I am now. By the way, I, I messed it up. I would I would be the Charlie Babbitt here. You would be Ray uh, in in, okay. in the in the Rain Man. You would not. I've never seen the damn thing. You've never seen Rain Man? No. Okay, that's that's that that's that's a stunning well, moment on the show. <laughs> Oh, okay, I got it. I got it. Uh, well, good job by by the way. Excellent parenting by your parents. Uh, look at it's all coming. They to just fruition. got out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, good job. Uh, I, I love your parents. They should be on the show more often. Thank you for, uh, to your dad, especially for being one. They of might our be most... soon. I'll be seeing them uh, tomorrow. So. All right. I know you got a big thirteen-hour drive. We're going to hit that at the end of the show here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Uh, Verderan put a question out to, to start the show today, and we can throw it out to you as well. Uh, what is your most unpopular opinion that you believe as you sit here on July the 19th with training camp right around the corner for the 2022 season, your most unpopular that pretty much no one else thinks except for you going into 2022. Uh, you want me to go first here? Sure. Would you like to take this? All right. This is based on me being wrong. And ultimately I have to be right at some point. It's also based on I think you're dancing and taunting a little bit too much at the football gods. And I'm going down south, and I'm going to the west side of Florida, and I'm landing in Tampa Bay. I knew you were going to say that. The <laughs> clock is one of the very beginning. Yeah, the clock is going to strike midnight, Verderam. Not only are the Bucks not going to be in the NFC Championship game and or the Super Bowl, but – the, the way that the offseason went, retirement on retirement, back the whole thing, and, and the Bucks roster right now, which is still uh, certainly on paper a playoff team at, at bare minimum, I have Tampa Bay not making the playoffs. The Bucks will miss wow. the NFC playoffs, which is a as uh, you, hey, listen, you're going unpopular. We got to be bold here. So uh, you're going, uh, you're going New Orleans and to win the division. I'm assuming that's correct. Okay. I think the New Orleans is on the radio. We talked about them last week. So, okay. The, the fighting Winstons are are going to come to play. And somehow, some way, the, the, the glass slipper lands in New Orleans. And, uh, and right, midnight for Brady and company. I'm, I'm, I am fading the Bucks. So, if you're going to go that bold, then I'll step mine up. Because my initial one was going to be, and I'll, I'll share it. I, I don't think the Dolphins are any better than they were a year ago. I think the Dolphins are basically the same team. And I and I get it. Like, they added Tyreek Hill, so I understand the art. Like, I get they're not actually the same team. Here's my problem with Miami, and then I'll get to the real hot take. Tron Armstead is really good. He's hurt all the time. The rest of that line, still not good. I think Tyreek is amazing. I've seen him up close and personal for six straight years. He will be awesome there. But – 
I don't trust the quarterback. And if I don't trust the quarterback, that takes a big bite out of how I feel the receivers are going to really impact these games. Defensively, they're good, but I think they're the same defense. Like I don't like I don't look at them and go, okay, now they're they're going to be a top three defense. I think they're good. I also wonder how losing Brian Flores impacts them. I don't trust that organization from the top down. They've been a mess for twenty some odd years. I think they're about the same. They're going to be bad. I just think they're going to be average. I don't think they're a playoff team. But here's my – I'll stay in that division for my hot take. New England stinks this year. Like, stinks. Like a top 10 pick. And here's why. I also think talent-wise, they're what they were a year ago. I think Mac Jones is going to be an NFL quarterback for a long I think he's a game-managing quarterback, which is not an insult. It's just I think that's kind of what he is. I think he'll manage games. I do not think he's going to be prolific. Um, Their weapons don't scare anybody. Their offensive line is good, but they lost Shaq Mason this offseason. Defensively, I look at them. They lost J.C. Jackson. McCourty's another year older. Van Noy's got – other than Judon, who the hell scares you on that defense? I look at them and think they're not better than anybody in the AFC West. They're not better than Tennessee or Indianapolis. Here's a hot take. I don't think they're as talented as Jacksonville. Now, I don't know if they'll be worse than Jacksonville record-wise. They're not more talented than Jacksonville. They don't have more talent than anybody in the AFC North. None of them, including New England, including Pittsburgh. I think they're better than the Jets like I I think in the AFC the only teams I would say they are better than like definitively better than are the Jets and the Texans I do think there are some teams in the NFC that are better than I think they're better than Atlanta I think they're better than Seattle I think they're better than the Giants the Lions your Bears I think they're better than those teams I think they're going to be about the ninth, 10th overall pick in the draft I, I do not think that team is a good team. So a lot of people are betting on Christian Barmore having a huge second year, considering how much better he got well, in the second half last year. Okay. I do, but, but don't I, think- I don't think he's like a game changer. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, he, he does have a lot of talent. But, man, you look at that team, and it's like, who's covering anybody? Who's covering anyone on that team? Who's going to make a big catch on third and eight? Now, I mean, unless, unless you are somebody who Jack Jones is the truth, He's going to go out and throw for 4,300 yards this year and 30 touchdowns. Like, what do you buy with him? I, mean, I like Damian Harris as much as the next guy, but who cares? I don't. I just look at them and it's like, who's your best receiver? Kendrick Bourne? I mean, he's he's good. He's a he's an NFL player, but like he's like a third receiver on a good team. Yeah, I listen. I the fact that the New England won 10 games last year was uh, people wouldn't say that it was Belichick's best coaching job because of the fact that. He's Bill Belichick, and he's had it. It's up there, but it, but it, it was an incredible, incredible season. So, uh, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think that Mac Jones is going to make some huge leap year one to year two, and what you're outlining with their defense, uh, even with a big jump expected by Barmore. By the way, he 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 started two games last year, played uh, basically half the snaps for the Pats. I mean, that's so there's there is big time room for interior improvement which could help that entire defense if there is if you're looking for reasons for new england success but okay we're on the board miami misses the playoffs right you're saying miss average yes. eight nine wins new england's one of the worst teams in the nfl the bucks uh miss miss the playoffs okay that is I, i'm feeling very boldy right now but that but all right we're on the board unpopular opinions feel free to jump in that chat and hit that subscribe button we appreciate you by the way uh breaking news on, on stacking the box to not breaking news, but just a, a show update. Uh, Verteram is headed off for two weeks. So this is our last show uh, for the next two weeks. We're going to take a little siesta here and get back going, uh, whatever two Tuesdays are. You're not hanging in there, Carl? Uh, upper management has, has made the call that uh, we're going we're gonna to take these two weeks to uh, take a little siesta from the show and come back strong. So... Um, uh, you know, I I, I fought hard, Bertram, but uh, this is what's happening. I know. Shit. I, 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 
I, I, I, I did. I didn't know you weren't in the loop on that. I, I, I breaking news apparently well, for you. It's also breaking news to me. I would yeah. like to have that news broken uh, off the air, but here we are. Okay. Yeah. Well, there it's, it is. Okay. So there it is. All right. Uh, let's let's go into the future before we get to Ben Heisler. Um, and we're starting with Deshaun Watson, who is about to be suspended. We've talked about this every week ad nauseum. Uh, we're asking again, how long is it going to be? As the Texans have uh, settled with. 30 different accusers. So what do we got here, pal? I mean, Sue Robinson, who is the uh, disciplinary officer, is still taking her time. There are some people who think this won't even go down this week. I I don't know if you're the NFL, if you're, if you're happy with the fact that now this is going into training camp. I feel like you're not thrilled. But Sue Robinson has a right to wait until however long choice. I still, I still believe. I still believe he's going to be suspended for the entire season. Oh, it, now more and more. Like, no, it might be eight games, might be six games. I feel strongly that the NFL is just going to say, "Look, they, they, we just cannot for less than a full season." But this is why the question exists because the NFL has been very inconsistent with stuff like this over the course of time. Look, uh, Florio's been out there and. You know, and he's talking about Robinson's report as well. Prepared to that we're going to we're going to get a lawsuit here. I, I've got no feel, but just to talk about the initial part of this, I don't think the NFL can just let this continue to play out as training camp starts. Like you, 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 you've got to wrap your arms around everything that has happened and everything that Deshaun's going to try to do to. Uh, keep himself on the field along with his team and, and make a call here. You can't just hang out forever. Uh, it's, it's a not, it's just such a bad look for the league. So if it's going to be eight games, make it eight games. It's going to be the full year, make it the full year. If it, if it's um, it's in my mind, it should be the full season. I think that that is borderline a light penalty for everything that has happened here. Actually not even borderline. I'd call it a light penalty, but I like, you can't, we're at July 19th. The NFL is open for business next week. Make your decision. Hello. Uh, th- this is not this is not something that you can just kick the kick the can down like I did on my 2021 20, taxes that I, I've yet to file. Uh, you know, we That's got probably not good. Uh, let's oh, I got an extension in there. We'll we'll get it done eventually here. Um, so, you know, you can't don't don't do that. Um I, I just I do you have a good understanding of why they're they're waiting? What like what is the hold up here? Scenario officer Sue Robson to make a call. But I, I, I think I I'm not with what... you. This this is becoming insane. Like at some point here, apply there's, a little bit of pressure, no... I'll get a decision. I mean I... There, there's no new information that's coming here. And by the way, this whole thing with like Deshaun Watson is saying, you know, or not saying, but supposedly reportedly, you know, he's ready to go to, to you know, the federal court. If they suspect, yeah, you go ahead and do that. If I'm, that's nice, you you let's go to the courts. I mean, the the, the NFL is not going to get superseded by a court on a on a decision it makes internally. That's not happening. Like the CBA is very very clear that Goodell has ultimate power here. The, the court, some some circuit court is not going to change that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Flora writes it. Big news to Sean Watson came from Charles Robinson's report. The NFL Players Association Watson prepared to file a federal lawsuit attacking a full season suspension if that's the end result of the NFL's internal process. However, the feeling when the Watson came in the union is it won't come to that. Um, so there you go. Uh, one, of, one, one of the strongest arguments on Watson's behalf comes from the plain language of the policy. Ownership and club or league management have traditionally been held to a higher standard and will be subject to more significant discipline. So that is basically saying that players are going to get less um, than, than – the, right, whatever. and they're going to sit there and argue that look, you know, look at what you know, the uh, allegations were against Robert Kraft a couple of years ago. I, I understand all that. If the NFL wants to suspend Watson for a significant amount of time, they're going to do it. I mean, I, I'm I'm going to be 
very surprised that the NFL says, well, you know, our hands are tied. No, they're not. This is the National Football League. Let's be real. Um, but it's, the question comes up every week because it just seems to be this, this never-ending investigation. Yep, 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 yep. All right, let's go to the quarterbacks, uh, and then we'll get to the Rams and the Chiefs next for all our Chiefs people. Don't you worry. They're on the rundown. Bigger year. We're looking at you, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and we are going out to the old desert and uh, and, and Derek Carr. <laughs> so, I I love this one, Verderam, I but I, I don't think you're going to be super bold here. You're not going to say Carr, are you? I think Carr statistically is going to have a much bigger year than Rodgers. Oh, I love it. There it goes. I do. You think, you uh, think? I think the Packers will enjoy a better season than the Raiders will. Okay. So if you, it, it depends what your metric is. If you say just, you know, hey, who's got a better shot to go to the Super Bowl? Rodgers. If you say to me, who, who would I take in yards and or even touchdowns? Touchdowns, it gets a little trickier. Carr's never been a huge passing touchdown guy where Rodgers has been. But Rodgers in his career, if you look, like Rodgers' yardage totals are not off the charts annually. They're not. I think Carr is going to throw for more yards. because we don't Look, we've talked about this. I won't go ad nauseum here. They are going to have to score a lot of points to win. He is going to be throwing the ball a lot. And they have great weapons. The Packers do not have great weapons, but the Packers are very good defensively. They can run the hell out of the ball. I think the Packers are going to be much more of a ball control type team with Rodgers making a half dozen great throws a game. I think Carr is going to have bigger numbers, but I think the Packers will have the better season. Well, give me a little. I'm, I'm trying to think back. Who's the best? Who's the best receiver that Carr's ever played with before now? Well, if you include Waller, it's Waller. If you're talking wide receivers, uh, Cooper probably. Mari Cooper. Okay. I mean, all all reports coming out of Raiderville is that the chemistry between Carr and Adams already is incredible. Now, people are going to say really nice things. It's July. It's you know. Right. But so it is really good. They play in college together, obviously. I, right. So I, 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 this is a, this is one of the more interesting seasons that, um, as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, that 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 I can remember. Because can you, without your security blanket, just lift up, sort of pull a Tom Brady in essence, make this receiving crew look a whole lot better than they actually are? I believe he's going to do it. I believe they I, somehow, some way, I feel like they could even be better because he's going to have to be. He won't have the. I'm just going to look this one way, which is hard to say about. By the way, a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's some like you could argue. You literally could argue maybe most talented quarterback of all time. I mean, he's 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 he's, he's, he's right there. Uh, but I do wonder, like with the with the way it's set up this year, if they actually. It's that seems insane, but but they may maybe they're more balanced, and he's just taking more risk in, in developing guys and it ends up playing out better from the Packers. Cause I mean, look at the way last year ended. It was, it was straight awful, but I also, Derek Carr has been such a great leader and he was really just so impressive last year. I hope, I hope the Raiders, I hope for his, I hope that he personally has a great year. Uh, that would, that would be fun to see. He, he's definitely earned the opportunity to have Devante there and, and see what they can do. All right. Rams chiefs, more likely the Rams repeat, or the Chiefs host host their fifth straight AFC title game. Uh, that seems like Kansas City in a in a runaway here. But well, do you have do you have a bold so, take on this one too? I don't. But I thought it was interesting from this standpoint. So nobody's repeated as we all know since the 0304 Patriots. Okay, Chiefs came close. Seahawks came close. The Pats came close, and other times nobody's done it since. The Rams last year, I think, were universally seen as a very good team, but never like a great team that ended up winning the Super Bowl. But now, look, they, you know, they, they still are very talented. They're in a weak conference. So do you see them getting back there and winning it? Well, maybe, right? I mean, it, it, who's their main competition? I think the Packers and the Bucs. You don't think the Bucs are going to make the playoffs. So, um, you know, who knows? Um, the AFC is loaded, and the Chiefs division is insane. So for the Chiefs to host another AFC title game, it probably means at least being a two seed, maybe getting lucky, but probably being a one seed. That is going to be a tall, tall task. However, I think the Chiefs are a better team than the Rams. 
so I would take the Chiefs, but it should be noted, no team had ever hosted four straight conference title games before Kansas City did it last year. Doing it five years in a row seems damn near impossible, but I, I do think that it's more likely that the Chiefs are a one seed or a two seed, and they, you know, they get the help they need or whatever to, to get there. I will say this. I don't think either one of these things happens. I, I think I could see the Chiefs in the AFC title game, but I, you know, I've said all year long, I think Buffalo is the best team. Buffalo's in a much easier division. I, I do not think the Rams are repeating. I don't. Although you could make the argument that they, they're more likely because they play in a weak conference and all they have to do is beat one or two decent teams, and then there they are. Yeah, I, I, I was sitting there on the, on the unlikely uh, on both, clearly. But you you lay you make a very solid lucid argument. Buffalo's the best team. Chiefs division is insane to actually get to do this. It, it's it. Tyreek's gone. Although I do think that uh, there's enormous motivation for Patrick Mahomes right now. Just to everything you're hearing that they were not maybe uh, the best of teammates. Do you buy that? By the way, I I will say this. I'm pretty plugged into them. Uh, I do not think that a lot of this stuff that Tyreek Hill is talking about is based in a ton of fact. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not saying for the record, to be clear, I'm not saying that there wasn't some inner turmoil. Like, look, they, they were two and three. I mean, I'm sure they weren't all singing Kumbaya in, in every, in every uh, you know, meeting that they had. But it's kind of being made out like they were some dysfunctional, chaotic team. And I, I do not believe that's true. I, I don't. I mean, that team has been pretty damn successful. And by the way, he wanted to go back to Kansas City. Like, he was – he's talked about that openly. Like, that he wanted to be there. And then Adam signed his deal, and he wanted more money. And, hey, fair enough. I don't blame him. But the Chiefs were like, no, we're not going to pay you that. And he's in right. Miami now. That – I will say this. I Quick note on that podcast. Hey. Tyreek knows how to market the hell out of that thing. Okay, he has done a great job of that. But I will say this, from a football standpoint, he is putting an inordinate amount of pressure on Tua and the Dolphins going into this season. Like, they were already under pressure anyway, third year, improved roster. That If that team gets off to, like, a one-in-three start, my God, are they going to be hearing it from all corners? I mean, they, they are under so much pressure after all this stuff. And, and by the way, I am with you. Mahomes has shown in the past that he takes slights and blows them up in his own mind, kind of like your guy MJ used to do. I would not be surprised if Mahomes has the best year of his career after all this stuff. Like, I already think that he could because of the line and all the weapons that they've diversified around him and his growing understanding of everything. He's 26 years old. He's in the prime of his career. I will say this. If they're at the two-yard line and he's got the opportunity to throw it in the end zone instead of run it, they will be throwing it. Like, he will – they will take every opportunity imaginable to run statistics up, in my opinion. That will be a thing. Let's bring in our guy, the one, the only, the managing editor of Betsider. We made him wait a little bit too long today. We apologize for that. Thanks, Alex. uh, yeah, we were in a little thing. What's up, Ben Heisler? Good to see you, buddy. What's up, fellas? By the way, but before we get things started, Verderam, fantastic piece. If anybody has not had an opportunity to read it over at Fanside and understanding the, the long road for, for black quarterbacks in the NFL, I had not been aware of Marlon Briscoe's story, and I've, I've spent about the last 10, 15 minutes learning about the guy, understanding the, the myth behind uh, the nickname of the magician and uh, really eye-opening, very insightful and thoughtful piece. So for anybody that's been uh, uh, checking out the show today, once you're done hanging out with us, please go ahead and check that out on Fanside. Really, really well done. We start, Yeah, we started the show talking about it, Ben, uh, and I haven't read it yet. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, and I don't, Marlon Briscoe, is, 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 that'll be a learning point for me as well. So, Burram, congrats, buddy. Uh, I hope it moves around a ton. Oh, I, I hope it does really to tell those stories more than anything else. But I, I appreciate it. it was uh, it was a pleasure to write and it, the responsibility to write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Ben. Let's. Uh, we got training camp a week away. 
We've got heist focused like I've never seen right now. He's just ready to go, reading re yes. So uh, take us on a, on a gambling journey to success here right now. Um, I guess we're going to start with our preseason leader picks, passing touchdowns. It's Herbert plus 550, then Allen, 600, then Brady, and then that's followed at plus 900 of Mahomes, Stafford, Joe Burrow, all plus 900. Where Where is our best value play here, Ben? Where are we going? I think the best value play is the best quarterback and Patrick Mahomes at plus 900. How many times, guys, have we talked about it over the course of this very show that if you're going to win the AL West, and I think we all realistically project the Chiefs to be that team, you're going to have to score upwards of what feels like 30 points a game especially if you're a team like the Raiders, especially if you're a team like the Broncos. Chargers are going to have a really strong defense, but they're still going to have to put up a ton of points. And it's indicative of the fact that their quarterback in Justin Herbert is projected to be the touchdown leader in the AFC and in the NFL this year. The fact that Tyreek Hill is gone is substantial, but like the conversation you guys were having before, it's going to be an opportunity for Mahomes to spread it out a little bit more. Perhaps they include more opportunities for running back, receiving touchdowns. He's more than capable, especially in a division where you're going to have to score points to win out this number. Brady probably has the easiest schedule amongst everybody, but there's also going to be times where it's going to be completely out of proportion in the third fourth quarter and either they take him out of the game or they're just going to run the ball with 270 pound Leonard Fournette I, I think Mahomes just sets up really well and I think at nine to one odds um, it feels very much like a value play on the board I I um we, we just did the over under on Mahomes just touchdowns on Arrowhead Attic and I think it was something like 35 or 36 um and I said I thought that was about right that being said, if you gave me nine to one odds on Mahomes being the league leader in touchdown passes, I would I would take that bet because, as I just mentioned with Carm, I know that people sometimes think like, ah, these things really factor in. Look, Mahomes after they won the Super Bowl was ranked number four in that that silly top one hundred NFL network list, and when they smoked the Ravens in week three of the following year because Lamar was number one, when they smoked them. Mahomes is counting to four on his fingers coming off the field. Like, it, that was a slight that happened months and months and months before the season by some random panel of people, and Mahomes is furious. Like, I, he counted to ten on his fingers when they when they played Chicago to signify Trubisky. And everything. I mean, they look, he will, he will make it a point. If he has an opportunity to throw the ball into the end zone instead of handing it off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he will do it. They will do that. They will try to cram everything imaginable into his stat line this year. I I would never predict the guy to throw 50 touchdowns because I think that's just crazy. I mean, so few guys have ever done it. I think 35, 36, 37 is about right based off his history. But if you said to me, do you think he could throw for 45 to 50? Yeah, I do. I mean, I could absolutely see them just being like, screw it. We're going to throw the ball a million times. One thing they do have this year that actually did not happen in recent years, they have a lot bigger targets down near the red zone. They've always had Kelsey. But now they have Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is a big receiver. They have Juju Smith-Schuster, who is a big That does bode well for the touchdown number of just, hey, I am going to fire a slant in there to Juju, or I'm going to throw a fade to MVS. And if I put it where I want to put it, it's a touchdown. So I, I could see it in that regard. Do you have the odds in front of you, Ben? Do you, uh, Derek Carr, off the top of your head, either way? Yeah, Carr is eighteen to one to lead the NFL in passing touchdowns. There are, I believe, seven. No, excuse me, nine guys that are ahead of Derek Carr. The guys that I didn't mention on that list: Aaron Rodgers, ten to one; Dak Prescott, fourteen to one. That's another intriguing one, I think, as well. Mm. Um, and then Russell Wilson, sixteen to one. But I mean, we. Carr's been that that topic of conversation on this show too. Like they, he, he's going to have to throw guaranteed forty times a game. Yeah, yeah. No, I, Carr. I mean, look, I feel like we're beating a dead horse almost at this point. We've talked about that so much. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they, they are going to the ball pretty much nonstop. I'm trying to think of anybody else who would be like an intriguing. We talked a little bit about James. I don't think James is leading the league in touchdown passes. Um, Just don't put it on Brady. The Bucks are going to start. Yeah, I'll give you a guy. I'll give you a guy. What is Cousins? Cousins is twenty to one. 
you know, O'Connell, new head coach, pass happy guy. You got Jefferson. You got Thielen. I mean, would I, would I say he's a favorite? I mean, no, he's done. But could I see him throwing 40 touchdown passes? It's possible. He has quietly put together great stat lines over the years. Like, it's, it's 33, and- 33 touchdowns last year. Yeah. The year before, 35 touchdowns. Like, he's, he has very statistically good. touchdowns and 20 picks over the last two years. And he's still, if you're choosing a guy – to, to try and win you a football game. He's probably ranks no higher than what 17th, 18th on the list right now. I mean, I, I might have him a little higher, but yeah, the middle of the pack. Right, right in the that, middle. Yeah. And the point, but like, but he does put up numbers. Like that is the one thing about, like, I think people have been Kirk cousins. Yeah. Kirk cousins. I mean, Jefferson might have 15 touchdowns by himself. So yeah. Like if he has 15 and Thielen has 10, you got to find 15 other ones or maybe you can, maybe you can't. But my point is like, they're going to throw the ball more this year. He has done that in an offense where Zimmer basically load throwing the ball. So I could see Cousins being a really interesting bet. Like, hey, if I'm throwing down 10 bucks, throw down 10 bucks at 20 to 1 on Cousins. 50 on Cousins, 50 on Carr, let's go. Or whatever your gambling number is comfortable. Carr, do you want me to give you the odds on, on your guy, Justin Fields? Or it will just upset you too much? If that's less than 100 to 1, it's a tragedy. It is 100 to 1. There you go. God. What, not that I would take this guy. What is Kyler Murray? Ooh, Kyler Murray, uh, 40 to 1. I, I think okay. the problem is the, the the rushing touchdowns probably takes away from his ability on the passing side. Yes. But, but they are interesting. They have, you know, they have Rondell Moore. They have Hopkins when he gets back from suspension. They have Ertz. They have Hollywood Brown. They have A.J. Green. Like, they're going to. I mean, they should offensively be good. Now, I think defensively, the team should be a tire fire. Okay, but offensively, he should throw for a lot. Plus, you know, like if that contract doesn't season, like, he he's going to be doing everything he possibly can to make sure that those numbers are good for him when he gets to the table next offseason. So, I would not bet on him. I do not think he's – I mean, he's never even had 30 touchdowns passing in a season, let alone prior right. to be, you know, 40-plus to take this title. But – he is interesting. We're doing two more rushing touchdowns and sacks. We'll do rushing right now. Uh, Jonathan Taylor's plus 450. Uh, Henry's plus 650. Joe Mixon plus 900. Chubb and Cook are at plus 1,000. Ben. So I want to take Taylor just because I know from a volume standpoint and an offensive line standpoint, he's going to hold up. Chubb is another intriguing option based on what the quarterback situation might look like. Um, Najee Harris, who's not on that list, is at 14-1 to that I also think is, is worth consideration because of how much Pittsburgh is likely going to rely on him in the, the fall that is Mitchell Trubisky into, uh, into Kenny Pickett. Um, well, he, his training uh, regimen this offseason has been insane. I love that pick. Keep going. Let me give you one other guy, like – Total dark horse play that, like, based off of opportunity and just regression to the mean, it kind of has to come through for him from at least an opportunity perspective. (laughs) Do you guys know how many touchdowns Miles Sanders scored last year for the the Philadelphia Eagles? No, I do not. Uh, Two? Lower. Wow. (laughs) Zero. Michael Sanders in 137 rushing attempts, averaging five and a half yards per carry with plenty of opportunities and touches in the red zone, finished with zero touchdowns. Behind a really good offensive line. What's that? Behind a really good offensive line, too. A really good offensive line that's still supposed to be a good offensive line this year. Like. Yeah. It, it has to be and, and no and no Jordan Howard, by the way. I know that Sean just dropped in like that, that Howard took away and vultured some opportunities, but Eagles are gonna be a fairly dominant running team this year. And if Sanders all of a sudden starts to get some confidence and stays on the field, like at 50 to 1, I know he didn't have any last year, but at some point that has to turn around because the numbers otherwise were too good for him not to get in the end zone. What is I mean, it? What are his odds? His odds are fifty to one. Okay, what just because I want to I want a good laugh at the expense of my fellow Chiefs brethren. What is CH's odds? 
Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh, if it's less than 100 to 1, it's a trap. 100 to 1. Okay, yeah. Um, Miles Sanders, for the record, has never had more than six touchdowns in any season in his three years in the NFL. This is a bold, this is a bold ass take by Heisler. What the, what is Javante Williams? Javante is twenty to one, but they also, hey, he was so good last year, and they still kept trotting out Melvin Gordon. They brought him back, if I'm not mistaken, they right? Did. So, I don't know what their expectations are for this year, like from a from a perspective of like what Denver should do, yeah, Williams is very much in consideration. But between Wilson wanting to throw the ball downfield more often, coming to Denver specifically to be able to do that. Um, again, it's Nathaniel Hackett's offense, which you saw in Green Bay, had a lot of dominant um, uh, games with with Aaron Jones and, and A.J. Dillon right. last year. But ugh, that, that one scares me a little bit, even at 20 to 1. Put it all on David Montgomery. He's going to, I mean, also fifty to one, Carm, and that's a guy with plenty of plenty of volume. Like they're going to have to run it with Montgomery to, to be competitive. Saquon Barkley also down the list at forty to one. Christian McCaffrey at thirty-five to one. Like if he's back healthy, um, and and Carolina still has some possible weapons, it's all a matter of whether or not he stays on the field. If he plays seventeen games, he'll he'll be in the top five conversation for sure. You will. That's a good value bet, just because you're hoping he's healthy. But I got to tell you, for me, this one's easy. I would take Derrick Henry. I mean, we're not talking about yards. We're talking about touchdowns. And if they're inside the five-yard line, he's getting the damn ball. Yes. Let's just call it what it is. He is getting the football. Especially, they don't even have A.J. Brown, who's a big-body target in the red zone last year. If he's healthy, he's winning this this bet. Like, he he could have 20 to 25 touchdowns running the ball. Like, they have nobody else down there. Who the hell are they throwing at? I mean, I they – they will he pound was, him into the ground if they have. I, I really think genuinely if he's healthy, he'll have 20 smart touchdowns. He had 16 in 2019 where he rushed for 1,500-plus yards. The year he right. had 2,000 yards, he had 17. And he was on pace for 20 last year yeah. um, and, and finished with 10. And Brown, they don't have A.J. Brown. Julio Jones is gone. Robert Woods is a receiver who's a smaller guy. I get Traylon Burks is bigger. He's a rookie. And you you really want Tannehill thrown into a crowded space? Like I to me. I like it. Henry like Henry it plus with the Colts, like they throw the ball a little more now with Ryan. They do have some bigger guys. I mean, I don't love their weapons outside of Pittman in the passing game. They have some bigger guys. Tennessee, Vrabel is just gonna be they're not even gonna call plays. Rabel's just gonna walk out in the field and just start screaming, run it, run it. I mean, that that's gonna be pretty much the uh, offensive game plan. So it, the only concern you have is health, because if he's healthy, he's he's taking that his title. I the I love the call on the Colts. Taylor just feels like a really bad bet. That is a, that is a different offense this year. And okay, I'm with you. Derrick Henry plus six fifty. It's not sexy, but it's uh, at least at least he's not the number one favorite. You get a, you get a drop of value here. Let's let's go to the defensive side here, Heist, before Verderam goes on vacation for two weeks. He's driving 13 hours. We're going to miss him. He'll probably be listening to other podcasts that are around football for the entire drive. By the way, Verderam, what will you do? <laughs> not, not even in one ear, you won't have some game playing like a, he. Uh, no? Okay. It's going to be little, nothing little, maybe like, narrating okay. the entire trip. Love with all my heart. <laughs> that's what it's going to be. Elite parent. All right. Uh, TJ Watt is your favorite for most sacks at plus 600, followed by Miles Garrett. Then you got the Bosa's. Nick coming in at plus 1,000. Joey is at 1,100 alongside Chandler Jones. And, of course, there's lots of plays off the board here, Ben. Yeah. There's plenty of plays that I, I think are, are, are noteworthy here. Uh, if you're buying that this is going to be Aaron Donald's last hurrah, you saw that he can still be as dominant as ever. He's 17-1. to 1. Um, it's Neil Hunter's 20 to one, uh, chase young, I think is a really intriguing one at 25 to one. If he's healthy and back that that's probably of all the value plays, because I, I do expect Washington to be a little bit more competitive this year. Um, because they had a lot of things after a really good season on defense a couple of years ago, regress. And, and now I think they have a chance to, to bring it back up a notch. So if young is healthy and ready to go and well-rested, uh, to me, that's probably a play that I really like. Uh, 25 to 1 feels for for somebody who's in line for a, a bounce back year. 
Um, I, I just don't expect that like, TJ Watt's so good and Miles Garrett is so good that I, I just feel like they're going to command so much attention when Washington's front line is playing well. Like there's only so much you can do on young because everybody else around him is going to be playing well too. I, I just don't know if you can double and triple him the way that those two guys at the top have been triple teamed for the last year. Granted Watts still finished with 22 and a half sacks, but I, I can't envision another scenario where he gets close to that number again. It's just, there's just too much inconsistencies in the league. So I think if I'm looking for a value play here, I, I do like Chase Young quite a bit. I'm going to go way off the damn board. What is Rashawn Gary's odds? Sean Gary is 50 to one. I would, I would make a value bet on him. He was great the second half of last season. And they play in a division where the bears can't block anybody. The Vikings can't block. The Lions actually can block, but or have a quarterback who's a stat actor. He's going to sack him. Um, they're going to be winning a lot of games. They're going to be leading. Like when you think about this stuff, you have to consider the team. Like I'm going to go full win horse here for a minute. Like, look, why would Chandler Jones be plus 1100 when you've got to factor in? They can't cover anybody. Like, the ball's just going to be out instantaneously. I'm not saying you won't have 10 or 11 sacks, but you've got to factor that in. But why why would you have him at plus 1,100 on a team that has no ability to cover for more than a second and a half? 50 for Garrett, other than the fact he's great. Like, I understand why he said plus 750, but they are a team that is probably not going to be winning a ton of games if Watson's not there. What does that mean? People will run the ball at you. You're not going to have as many opportunities. You want a guy who plays on a team that is going to be winning games and that can cover. Packers are just such a team. So I like Sean Gary. I like Jerry Smith. I'll give you another dark horse. And I don't and I wouldn't bet this. I think he's along in the tooth. Von Miller. That Von is uh, 25 to 1. They can cover. He's, he's going to – I mean, look at the division he's in. Mac Jones, statue. Zach Wilson, terrible offensive line. Tua, even with Teron Armstead, bad offensive line. They're going to be winning. They've got all pros in that secondary. You're going to tell me he couldn't walk in a 15 sacks this year? Of course he could. So I, I would my value bets would be Gary slash Zedarius Smith, for the record. But uh, or Excuse me, not Zedarius. Uh, Pre, uh, Preston Smith. Preston Smith. Um, and, but I would like Gary Moore there. And then Miller. Do you know who finished with the first ranking, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, in pass rushing last year? I honestly do not know. It's your guy, Rashawn Gary. 90.1 pass rushing grade in the 2021 season. I, that wow. might be, out of all of these that we've discussed today, um, that dark horse pick at 50 to 1 might be my favorite. I really, really like that call. There you go. What about Micah Parsons? He eats Tom Brady on uh, the opener Sunday night football. Then he crushes Joe Burrow. Then he annihilates Daniel Jones. Let's go, Micah. Anybody? Yeah, he's 25 to 1, Carm. I, I, he, he just had such a good year last year. Like, I, I think it's all dependent on kind of how Dallas wants to use him, right? Like, they were still trying to figure out, okay, is he best as a linebacker where he can play in space, make a ton of tackles for you? Can he help create some turnovers. You want him rushing against the quarterback. He's, he's a jack of all trades. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Like for somebody like Parsons, even though he got to double digit sacks last year, I, I just think the position that he plays where he kind of needs to be all over the field yeah. doesn't set up well for him versus a guy who's like right there as a pass rushing specialist. No, I, I do agree. I like the call by Carm. Um, but yeah, he's more like, you know, to go to go old school, he's not Derek Thomas. With Derek Thomas, every snap, it was like, all right, DT, go. Rush the quarterback. Go get him. Um, he's almost more like a Carl Mecklenburg type, right? He does like a lot of different things. Um, but Parsons Parsons might be the most athletically talented defender right now in football. Save, save for Aaron Donald, who is just another class of human being. But Parsons is ridiculous. I like the call. Um but I'll, I'll stick with Gary. I think Gary, just based off of the team, the circumstance, the division, a lot of other things, the way he played last season quietly, I think Rashawn Gary is going to have a huge year. 
Ben, great stuff as always. I love the double. Uh, I like the microphone and the guitar back there. I always like looking at your background for some reason. It's, I'm, I, it fascinates me what you do because you're so versatile over there. Uh, when's the next bet-sided extravaganza? Daily bet slip every weekday. We are on, I believe, at uh, – we've been doing some earlier shows because uh, we've been a little bit uh, short-staffed with some folks taking vacation and whatnot. Uh, we are back today at 5 o'clock Eastern. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Major League Baseball's all-star game is tonight. Uh, so we'll dive into plenty of props and plays for that. Uh, getting ready for the second half of baseball. I've still got WNBA on the schedule. There's NBA offseason props, plenty of NFL stuff, all of that being covered over at BetSided. So check us out and then be sure to come right back here to YouTube to uh, watch us on the Daily Bet Slip at 5 Eastern tonight. Crush Dominate. Uh, we'll, we will see you next time on Stacking the Box, but I believe we're taking a little bit of a siesta here. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks. All right, gents. Enjoy your trip, Verderam. Thank you. All right, Verderam. Off you go on your yearly jaunt to the East Coast. Give me your mindset going into this vacation, buddy. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to be in New York for 24 days, and I'm looking forward to every single one of them. Uh, I have a lot planned. The first few days uh once we get there we'll be at my parents for about a day then we're going to go up to connecticut for uh three days four nights uh, i got a tiny and i mean tiny little little cottage up there which is nice we'll go up there it's about 45 minutes from the ocean um so we will we will traipse over to the ocean uh, and enjoy that and then uh and then we come back and the first the second weekend I'm in New York, second weekend, the last weekend of July, I'm going to be a complete nerd. There's this thing called the National, which is a huge, huge, the biggest, I think, in the world, certainly in this country, uh, collector convention type thing. It's mainly a lot of, you know, uh, baseball cards, uh, signed bats, signed helmet, you know, whatever. I feel like you do this every year. This is the third one I've gone to, but really the second, because the once I went for like an hour. Okay. Um, but my buddy and I are going for two days in Atlantic City, and I'm going to spend more money than any human being should ever spend on something like this. So I'm going to have a good time. Are you gonna, looking for something in specific? No. The only thing I'm looking for specifically is a 1957 Mickey Mantle. It's the only card I need to complete that set. I will get it. Um, I have a price in mind and I will, I will not deviate too much from it. I will find it, but most of the stuff I will buy will be, uh, 1960s baseball car, like hall of famers, you know, fifties and sixties, maybe a couple in the seventies last year when I went, it was in Chicago this year, it's in Atlantic city. Last year I went and I had a wall in my basement, um, an end wall that I was like, I'd really like to adorn with a couple signed jerseys. And I ended up buying five of them. So I, I got, uh, Trying to think who's on the wall. If I opened the door, I could see it. Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Travis Kelsey, Mean Joe Green, and then I I put one in the middle that will I think you'll appreciate was a Wall Clyde Frazier jersey. So two two NFL ones on either side, and then an NBA one in the middle. Uh, also got Gal Sayers, but that's from a different time. I got that on the wall. Um, but yes, yeah, so I got those. I got, you know, I got. Last year, it was more of like I, I went and got uh, some signatures and whatnot. I uh, I love that kind of stuff. So uh, these days, I don't have as much room. So cards are great because cards you can slap in a binder. They don't take as much room up. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get pretty much all vintage baseball cards. And then once we get back from Atlantic City, Steph and Genevieve will be flying in the next day. I'll go pick them up. Then we're in New York for another couple of weeks, and at that point, it's just up to the, the lake house and uh, just, just relaxing, just hanging out. Uh, my birthday will be that week. We'll have a bunch of buddies from college up, high school. Well, not one one buddy from high school, the one I'm going to AC with. But um, college buddies, uh, family, friends, all the rest of it. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. Um, I am really looking forward to it. But as for the 13 hours in a car with Maisie, look, it's going to be, you know, I got our Houston gummy bears. We got Capri Suns. We got waters. We're going to stop and I'm sure get some other crap on the way out there. 
she's going to be watching uh, this. We have an Amazon, like a tablet thing that she's only allowed to use when we go on long trips, uh, but she will use it for this. Just eastbound and down, baby. I am going to, I am going to be trucking. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can't make it under 13 hours. Eastbound and down. Man, man, man. Load it up, I, man. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, all right. I, I will be uh, just uh, to, doing my own little vacations here, too. And uh, one will be at the Boyne Mountain Resort in northern Michigan, where I go for my Boyne Mountain tennis camp each year, Verderam. Uh, we work hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then Friday is the day of judgment where we have the tournament. And I have to take on Susie in eighth grade and Steven in, in high school. And, and last year I lost in the semis to, uh, um, I think it was Ariel. She took me down. So this year, steely-eyed focus. I'm I'm bringing home the crown, buddy. This will be the first time I get over the hump. I've been going for a bunch of years now. I've never won it. This is the year. Hey, get it done. Take down the, the damn kids. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the adults are in there. Uh, something most times they get eliminated because you know these young high schoolers they can actually play the game pretty well. You got to intimidate the shit out of them. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of screaming, a lot of foul language. Not even directed at the kids, just like at yourself. Like like purposely, if you're up like forty love in a game. Just purposely shoot one wide and then just have an absolute string of expletives come out that's just all directed at yourself. But like, just you know, really let it ha- out. And then that way, whoever you're playing is like, this, this MF is crazy. And you've, you've got them off kilter early. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. I just also want to remind everybody who's about to troll me. You know, Martina Hingis, youngest Grand Slam uh, winner ever. She was 16 years old in three months. I mean, these are the type of this is the type of competition I'm facing. You're these not six, facing Martina Hingis. These 16 year olds are real, Verderam. These four, they're. <laughs> this is not. You know, if you don't need to be fully grown to be uh, rocketed on the tennis court. So this is a very tall undertaking. But this is the year I'm gonna. I'm climbing the mountain, baby. They're going so down. Get it done. All right. Hey, uh, have a great trip for real, dude. I can't wait to read your piece. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so everybody uh, – what's it called again for those who are just joining right now in, in case that's happening? Uh, it is entitled The Long Road of Black Quarterbacks and Their Struggle in the NFL. All right. Check it out. Long Road up next. And, uh, hey, dude, good to be with you. Have a safe tra- – travel safe, brother. We'll, we'll see you for training camp. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.